Hey, hey, welcome back everyone to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm your host, Tom Morcus, and today I sit down with Connie War, who is a career coach and counselor. In today's conversation, we zoom in on Connie's strategy for client generation, and specifically how she leverages meetup.com to get new clients consistently. And so I thought this was a particularly interesting conversation because I don't hear a lot of people talking about meetup.com or using it for client or lead gen. But anytime I hear something like that, I'm always you know, curious to learn more. And so we sat down and we kind of dug into it. We go over her 10-step process. The first seven or eight are prerequisites to be able to leverage this strategy. And then I zoomed in specifically on kind of those final steps, which is putting together your meetup group, running your event, and filling it from meetup.com, like from their database. So that's what I really like about the strategy and probably my big takeaway. What I really like about it is that it's a situation and a, a case study where if you use their platform, you should be able to benefit from their built-in database. Because when you create these groups and we go into this in depth, what meetup.com will do is actually showcase that new group and that event to their, their database, the people who have identified that they're interested in that specific topic that you are running your event about, if that makes sense, like how it's categorized. And of course, if it doesn't make sense, we'll get into that in just a minute here. But that's my big takeaway. It's like, hey, there are, there's this platform out there not a lot. Of, I don't know many people who are using this. And it actually works even in areas where there's not a ton of people around. And we actually go through Connie's exact situation where she was in a, sp a place physically located where there aren't a lot of people. And she was still able to get basically a room full of people and then close something like over $9,000 worth of coaching clients from that one event and has con continued to to run meetup groups and leverage the strategy. So it seems to be highly effective. I, it seems to be really simple too. And it's one of those things where I just don't see how it could possibly hurt to run this kind of event if you're, you had to do any kind of coaching, consulting, service-based stuff and to just try it out. And so that's going to be the challenge and the gauntlet I would throw down for you is say, hey, try this out and shoot me an email if you do. I would love to hear about people's experiences running in-person events using this strategy. So enough about my takeaways. I think now is just the time to get to today's conversation. Enjoy. So Connie, let's kick it off with your background. Like what led you to what you're doing today? Yeah, that's a great question. So my story is a crash and burn story. I, until about 10 years ago, I was working as a broker in financial services and I had a kind of a major health crisis because that work was, it turned out, just really out of alignment with my personal values. And so I was going to work every day feeling like I was leaving the real me at home. And after a while, that just caused so much stress. And I loved helping people with their finances, but you know, just the, the work environment was out of alignment. And I, the way the health crisis looked for me, and this will unfortunately probably, you know, sound familiar to, to people who are listening, is I, I actually got really, really depressed. And I'm a, like a really healthy person, but I just, the whole thing just was not working for me. And I was having some major health issues. And I still wanted to help people. I was still coaching back then, right? Just on money. And so I just knew that in order to have work, where I could get up in the morning and be excited about what I was doing and have it be aligned with my personal values. I needed to be self-employed. And I have a, a business background and the financial background and a coaching background and a teaching background. So that enabled me to just kind of weave that into basically a, a business coaching practice. 
And so how did how did meetups become kind of a part of this? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was working with a coach a few years ago, and she was helping people who love to teach, who were in business. And I learned a little bit about the meetup strategy that I teach in there. You know, if many of us are like this, right? We'll kind of learn a little bit of a nugget of an idea, and then we'll implement it in our own practice and then really expand on it from there, which is what I ended up doing. And so I had really fun results with this really fun meetup strategy that I teach that I basically, I enrolled 80 to 90% of the attendees that came to my first free two-hour workshop on how to find your life purpose so you can create a career you love. And so that was how I brought Meetup in. And there are 10 steps that I basically plugged in to bring in a steady flow of clients in my business. And the Meetup strategy is like step nine, and it works beautifully to be able to easily enroll clients from those workshops. Okay. So yeah, this is great. This is definitely where I want to zoom in. I'm really curious about this Meetup strategy. What I think will be great is maybe we can kind of go through the 10 steps. We'll see how quickly we can get through them. But I'll I'll ask some questions here and there. But maybe you can kind of lead us down that path and take us to like step one. Like how do you... What are the things... What are the prerequisites to to use the strategy? And then let's zoom into the the meetup piece. Yeah. So a couple of things I'll say first. This is how I run my own business. You know, I had that strong financial and business background 10 years ago when I started my business. But if you think back then, we were right in the middle of the financial crisis, right? Like right in the middle of it. And so what I was learning to bring in a steady flow of clients in my business back then was no longer working because they were marketing strategies that worked in the old paradigm before we had this huge shift in the coaching business. And so I had to figure out my own 10 steps, which is about what I'm about to, to tell you and, uh, and meet up, of course, as part of that. The other thing I want to say before I dive into the steps is that these 10 steps are designed to get a steady flow of clients coming into either a new or an existing business and do not require a website. This can be totally offline. So <laughs> I'll start with step one. Step one is building a strong foundation that has two aspects. One of them is self-care. I think of self-care as a marketing strategy. The second one is mindset. And that's just basically how does the brain work? How do you harness the power of your brain to support you in your business? And it's also about lifting the beliefs. It's almost like a, I don't know, it's, it's reframing your beliefs and almost a healing aspect to enabling your brain to work for you both practically and also from a belief point of view for your business. And those are both number one in the foundation, self-care and mindset, because from my point of view, those two are both showstoppers. Like if somebody isn't getting enough sleep consistently as an entrepreneur, you know, getting enough exercise, all those things that we know to do, right? It's not rocket science, very practical but they'll hit a wall. And so those are the first to build that strong foundation. Okay. That's, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Let's, let's move on to then step two. Step two is identifying the specific problem you want to help people with in your business. The third step is market research interviews. I mean, this is all really business planning 101, right? So the way I think of step two and step three is you're conducting a scientific experiment and your hypothesis is step two. Here's the problem I think my prospective clients have. Now I'm going to go throw on the white lab coat, go into the lab and do research and collect data. And the data I'm collecting is testing my hypothesis. Is what's keeping people up at night and worried about during the day, 
is that what I've identified in step two? So that's step two and step three. Step four, you're done with the interviews and you look, go back to your hypothesis, if you will, and you tweak that original problem based on the interviews if you need to. The fifth step is a passion test. And that's where you look at the final problem you've come up with and you reconnect that to, so you've just, so Tom, you've just done this external process, right? You've gone out and you've talked to people, you've collected data. Okay, here's their opinion about what's keeping them up at night. You tweak your problem. Then the fifth step, the passion test is actually an internal process, really pretty simple. It's just checking in with yourself and going, okay, here's the final problem that I came up with in step four, but what about me? Is this connected to why I started my business and why I want to do what I do? Is this connected to you know sharing my gifts and talents with the world to make it a better place? That's step five. Mm-hmm. Step six is the build your tribe step. And this is now that you know the specific problem that you want to help people with, the build your tribe step is building that community of people who have that issue where you can be of service to them, where you can teach, where you can give them an experience of you and also be of service to them. This is basically a community that you can go back to later on in the process as a source of clients. So that's step six. Step seven is creating your packages. And we all know, right, that as service professionals, it's much better to offer to work with somebody over a period of time, six, 12 months, two years, whatever it might be based on what we're offering. We've just gone through this process of the market research interviews. You know, the problem that is keeping somebody up at night is a major gnarly issue in their their life, right? And so you want to offer and create packages in step seven that are going to support people over a period of time so that they get the results they're looking for. That's the seventh step. The eighth step is the second and last passion test. And all that is, Tom, and, you know, I think probably, you know, you and listeners know, of course, that, you know, our packages, the step seven packages, all that is, is what are the steps you're going to walk through your client, your clients through? So the eighth step is looking at those steps and going, okay, do I feel really excited about walking people through that process? Okay. That's the second passion test. Number eight, number nines are where the meetup strategy comes in. Now, number nine is the outreach piece. And there are so many different options out there to say the least. Uh, to get the word out there about your services. I like the 10-step process because, of course, it doesn't require a website early on in the beginning when you're trying to get the clients coming in. You can definitely create that later. So it's really limited to the two aspects of outreach that I have found most effective, most time efficient to bring in a steady flow of clients. The first one is connecting with people one-to-one and being of service to them, whether they become clients or not, You know, otherwise known as like a strategy session, right? The second one is through speaking, and that's where the meetup strategy comes in. You offer a two or three hour workshop. For me, it was how to find your life purpose. You can create a career you love. At the end, you know, you invite people to connect with you one-to-one. You have those one-to-one conversations afterwards. If they're a good fit, then you offer to work with them and enroll them into one of your packages. So that's how I monetized meetup. It's not a lot of people, Tom, actually think meetup is more about networking. And oh, it definitely is. But the way I teach it in the system, of course, this is all designed to be of service and to help clients and to enroll clients so that you can continue to do the work you want to do and make a good living. And so this meetup strategy is based on a script that enables you to invite people at the end of the meetup to enroll new clients. And then the 10th step is actually enrolling new clients. So it's basically 
it's just basically a recipe. This is how I basically run my business now. And this is a system I teach, including the meetup strategy. It just, it works like clockwork. Okay. Interesting. And then what was, so if, if I understand steps, I want to make sure I got my notes right. So it was step nine was the meetup. What was step 10 or was that combined? Step 10 is like just enrolling new clients. And I break it out because this is a system that I teach and, you know, okay, yes, I get the outreach. The number nine is one-to-one conversations and speaking. But when number 10 is, okay, so what do I say in those one-to-one conversations? Let's break that down so that I know what questions to ask, whether the person's a good fit and whether, you know, how I can be of service to them, whether they become clients or not. Okay, cool. Let's zoom in then on steps nine and 10 here. And, and maybe this will bring us back to some of the previous steps. Uh, but I'm particularly curious about the meetup piece and when you conduct your outreach to to line these up, because I think this is something that I do not know a lot of people who are doing something like this. And so I'm just particularly curious about it. So what are the things that we have to be that we have to to do or factor in or consider when we're we want to leverage something like meetup.com to run our own event? Like what's maybe high level, then we can zoom into the details. Like high level, like what do I need to expect or anticipate or know will happen with the platform or will not happen with the platform? And what are things I need to do when it comes to implementing? And I guess I'll put one caveat there or asterisk. The the reason I asked that is because I know a lot of people when they're using a new platform, sometimes they'll be like, oh, put my book on Amazon or put my product on Amazon or put my, you know, whatever. And then it's going to sell it for me. And that's never ever the case and i'm guessing meetup.com same deal if you just put you create a meetup on you know some sort of event on meetup.com it's not going to lead to people coming to your event so maybe take me through high level and then zoom in what you do to actually fill these fill these events leveraging meetup.com yeah no for sure so meetup for starters you can have online meetings like on zoom and you can also have meetings in person they do require you to have some meetings in person, but you, I'm sorry, let me back up. So you, so the in-person meetings are definitely required. And for every in-person meeting, you can do an online one. And I'm just mentioning that up front because, you know, totally correctly, a lot of people know that meetup is an in-person venue. So the way meetup works is that you basically, it's like your best friend has a massive mailing list and they've told you that they are willing to mail their database about your workshops in one email that's so it's a solo email just about your group that's been created. So that's the structure. You create your profile and meetup. Okay. And this is all really pretty straightforward. Like that's a five minute process. You create your group and you know, we just did the 10 steps. So if the problem is, you know, you're a business owner who's bringing in, helping your clients bring in a steady flow of clients, maybe, you know, through online marketing, then you want the name of your groups to be aligned with the problem you're helping people with, right? Because this is all, you know, it's just tiered down in terms mm-hmm. of having Meetup bring you back to that. And then groups is the beginning, okay? That's what Meetup advertises and basically puts out an email all about your group to their database. What happens is because of that mailing, people get a flood of new members to their group. That's that second level. Then the next level down is your actual workshops. So your workshop might be five steps to overcoming technical phobia around creating marketing funnels. Okay. Something like that. So that would be the name of your workshop. And then the people in your group can see that there's a workshop coming up and RSVP and show up 
and that kind of thing. So it's, it actually, Meetup does do a lot of the heavy lifting. They do get people to your workshops. This whole thing is set up to get people there because of their massive database. And you can basically focus on what most of us want to do and love to do best. And that's just getting ready for our talk and just showing up and sharing with people about our expertise. What if you don't have, it sounds like one of the pieces of that was a partner mailing. What if you don't have partners? You don't need a partner. So Meetup is your partner. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm sorry. I probably, I probably wasn't, I wasn't very clear. So yeah. So it's, so your best friends actually meet up, right? So let's say I have, let's say I'm a brand new business owner. This works great no matter what size, but let's say I'm a brand new business owner. I have no mailing list. I have no Facebook following. I sign up with Meetup. Okay. I've got this new business. I want to help people with life purpose, let's say. Okay. I set up my profile for 10 to 15 bucks a month. I can create several groups in Meetup and I submit my group to Meetup to review. And then when they announce it to their entire database that has an interest in life purpose things, you know, like it might be mindfulness, it might be holistic, whatever, it might be career, it might be business, right? There are people who join Meetup as members, just general members who join Meetup that have expressed their interest. So when your group gets submitted, on life purpose, let's say, and Meetup reviews it, they approve it, then they get an email ready to send out. It's going to go to everybody who's interested in similar themes to your life purpose focus, all about your new group. And then from the group, you're going to get people to the workshops because the workshops are announced in the group. Ah, okay. So I'm having not used Meetup in a long time. I am, and I know the listeners are probably, people who are listening to this might not be on their computer to go check this out as they do it. But so I'm trying to wrap my head around it as I'm not viewing Meetup and doing this, but it does sound like the structurally speaking, sign up for Meetup, you pay whatever minimal fee it is per month. You can then create groups. When you create a group based around an interest, and we'll say that's tagged and somehow segmented and categorized within Meetup, they'll then showcase that new group to their database that has been tagged and segmented appropriately and and, uh, identified their interest in such a group that fits like that categorization. And then that's, and then when they see it, we're going to get people signing up. That's, that's the idea, generally speaking, right? Yes, exactly. Is there ever a reason that Meetup wouldn't showcase one of our groups? Yeah, there is an approval process. It's pretty quick. It takes about 24 hours. You do want to look at the community guidelines What they're focused on, what Meetup's focused on is in-person connections, right? That's the basis for their organization, their platform. So they're looking for groups that have a purpose of connecting, collaborating, educating relationships, right? And so when you submit your group to Meetup, you're going to want to focus on those. It's totally okay to have a business and have that be the purpose of having your Meetup, but you don't want to submit a group that says, I'm a health coach. I'm looking for clients during my meetup meetings and that's the purpose. In other words, you're not focusing on education. You're focusing on just selling people when they get to your meetup and and that won't be approved. And so how would they know, I guess? The people who submit for the meetup group need to read the community guidelines. And it it says, I'm trying to think of where it is in the process. When you go to submit your group and meetup, the platform, it's really well set up and very clear. Actually, it'll say, okay, what's the name of your group? What's the purpose of your group? And then it'll have a link where you can say, please review our community guidelines to make sure they're in alignment with what you're submitting to us. 
Got it. Okay. So, okay. So check out the community gu- guidelines, make sure, but then otherwise it's a, it's a, it's effectively a guarantee that they will put this out. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've met, you know, I run online challenges on getting clients for meetup uh, frequently several times a year. And, you know, I have hundreds of people who participate each time. And I think the first challenge I had, I had about seven, 800 people who are participated and one person out of all those people had an issue getting their group approved. And it was because they did what exactly what I said not to do. Like, you know, the per- I'm a health coach and I want to sell people coming to my meetups kind of thing. Hmm. Okay. This is interesting. So, so how many people would you typically, and I'm sure there's a range, but when you use this strategy, we'll say, what's the range of people that you've had sign up for something like this when you first release, put a group out there? Um, how many people do you do you expect to sign up? You mean sign up for the meeting? So, the well, I guess, I, and I, yeah, well, I actually know to be clear, I guess there's, there's two steps, right? It's the group and then it's the individual meeting that you run, right? So on the first piece, people have to sign up for your group to be notified of the meetings, right? Yeah. So how many people do you typically get signing up to be, to follow that group, if that's the right way to put it? Yeah. So when the group is announced, it's really based on the population of your, like I live in Vermont and there's this funny saying that there are more cows than people that live in Vermont. And so, so in Vermont, we don't have the population, although the strategy, even low population worked really, really well for me. And so it's really based on, on population. So I don't know when I announced mine, maybe 50 people signed up within a few days. And then my first meeting, I had 15 people show up. Five of them were already clients. And out of the 10 people left, I enrolled eight or nine within 30 days and made about 9,000 bucks from that one two-hour workshop. Okay. So that's for me. Fascinating. So that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that is, that's exactly what I was wondering. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm up here in the mountains. Like there's not many like population, like 5,000 kind of thing. I'm like, Hmm, I want to try this out though. I'm super curious too. So, so you put the group out there, then you run your events, anything in between those two things between, you know, putting the group out there, it's, it's being released. Then you setting up, say your event, your meetup event, and, and inviting the people who are subscribed to your following your group. Anything else we need to know in that interim? Because what, well, and specifically, how do we get the event, make the event a success in terms of, well, that's a broad one. How do we get the event filled? You got 15 people out of 50. I, I, to me, that's a surprising number, a surprising percentage. So I think that's really good. So what do we do to, to get similar results? Yeah. So one of the things that I had, and this is not required, but one of the things that I, and I wasn't even strategizing about this at all, because I knew Meetup had this kind of massive power. The first Meetup I did where I got those statistics, those numbers I just gave you, I had it, I don't know, some kind of educational center here in Burlington in Vermont. And they did publicity for me as well. So, so we, I probably had a couple people from them, from their publicity, and then the rest of the people came from Meetup. So that, that can be a great way also. I've, you know, I've created Facebook events myself in the past, but it's really not, it's not required. The other things in terms of prepping, so it's really good when new people join your group to welcome them to the group, to send them a message and say, hey, welcome. It's really fun to have you here. Did you see our first meetup is happening You know, on this date? Here's what people are going to walk away with. You know, How can I support you? You know, and an, another great thing you can do is ask people for their email and their phone number. And that way you can actually 
And people do share that information. Some people say, no, thank you. But, you know, people will share like a phone number and then you call them and say, hey, welcome. Welcome to the group. I mean, I've literally had people when I first started using Meetup, I literally had people who just, you know, I just called them on the phone and said, hey, welcome. You know, our next workshop is next Thursday. Here's what we're talking about. It'd be really fun to have you bring a friend. And, and I literally, that person that couldn't, they couldn't come. And so instead I set up one of those one-to-one conversations I just mentioned in the 10 step process and they became my client. And this was all over the phone through meetup, but they'd actually didn't even come to a meetup talk. And so this is, these are all people who are, are they, and they're typically, I know you said you could do it online, but in this case, in this example that you're giving, we're talking in person, right? So local. Those are the best results I've had is having in-person workshops. Okay. So it sounds like when you, when you set up the group, you actually want to have an event or already ready to go. That would be one of the, the, the pillars for success here. So that when the group is shared, it's like you already have something scheduled. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah. So submit your group, wait for it to be approved, and then you can go back in, edit your group, get your meeting all in there, all set details. Again, the platform is really easy to navigate and have it like living there in your group so that when that email goes out and people pop in and join your group, they can go, oh, great. Next Saturday morning, RSVP. Yes. Got it. So you have that. You so you make sure that when you roll out the group, you have the the meetup event kind of already scheduled. When people do start signing up for the group, you personal one to one type message through the meetup platform to let them know about the upcoming event. Um, something kind of like casual and uh, you know something like that probably would work relatively effectively. How far out would this first event be? Say if you if you roll out this group, when do I want? What's the optimal time for when I run that first event? I recommend a couple weeks. Okay. But, you know, for online ones, I've, you know, on a Zoom call, I've scheduled them as soon as like, I don't know, a week or less. Because if you think about an online meetup being like a webinar, right? Often with webinars, we hear about it, you know, maybe even just tomorrow, but only a few days ahead of time. So for the online, for, for that particular um, way to offer your workshop requires less time. Got it. Yeah. So, so in person, two weeks. It sounds like a kind of a sweet spot there. Gives people a little bit of a heads up. Okay, so then when you put this event together and you said you landed what I would call a substantial amount of clients from the event itself, either directly or indirectly. And so how do you organize the event to get the most out of it? Both obviously financially, professionally, and then all these other factors. And you know, it's, it's going to be one of those things where I know it's like, obviously value, you know, value add to the people who are coming and, and all that. So I'm kind of curious how you organize for this, for the success of the people who are coming, and then also for your, to get the best results from it. Like for the people where it's a good fit that you're signing them up and, you know, they're now a new client. How do you approach that? Yeah. So what I usually do in the beginning is, you know, welcome everybody there, right? They sign in, they you know, you get their name and their contact info. You do intros, everybody introduces themselves and just says, hey, you know, and I, what I do is I usually ask people to say, you know, why was it that you wanted to come? If you have a really small group, which would be like my 15 people who showed up, you can go around and do that one-to-one with people and have all the group participate as each person introduces themselves. If you have a larger group like Southern California, Las Vegas, you know, larger population, you can have people pair up for kind of that intro, you know, what do we call that? An icebreaker exercise in the beginning. So that's the intros. 
And then you give a little bit of bio about, you know, what you do and then why you're offering what you're, you're offering and you do your talk. And, you know, some people go like two hour workshop. What am I going to talk about for two hours? And I giving away the store by doing that. So here's the thing. And this is part of the breakdown I'm giving on what you actually, you know, the agenda, if you will. You're really only speaking for maybe 30 to 40 minutes because interspersed in your talk, you know, you're going to give your talk, right? Like, so mine was six steps to create a career you love, right? My first step was, you know, identify your life purpose here. Let me give you an exercise. And then people go do an exercise for 10 minutes. We come back and then we go on to step two, step three. And then we do another exercise to clarify on that, right? And so it's talk with exercises in between, questions. You know, I usually do a pretty free form. When questions come up, people just ask questions. I'm seeding my services throughout the talk. So I'm talking about six steps to create a career you love. I'm on step three, identify your personal values as step three. Then I would bring in... So when I worked with Joe... Here was the mismatch. He was working in this situation. His personal values were around collaboration and community. That was totally out of alignment with his personal values, which is why he was so unhappy at work. And so giving examples of either people you've worked with or people that, you know, basically your situation. I mean, I could, you know, my crash and burn story that I told in the beginning today of the the podcast, right? That would be like an example, right? Of doing that. So you're seeding your services through the whole thing. And then at the end, what you do is you make your offer, okay? And the offer I recommend, I think the best way to monetize this strategy is to offer those one-to-one conversations so that you can be with somebody one-to-one. And of course, you know, I mean, Tom, you're more experienced in marketing than I am. But my understanding is that the more time you spend with people, the higher ticket mm-hmm. the item is, right? Because you don't want to do a one-to-one conversation with somebody right. that's 30 minutes and sell a $200 whatever, right? And so when you have those one-to-one conversations, these are higher ticket items, right? They're at least a thousand bucks or more. And so you're offering for people at the end, hey, if you want to go deeper, if you found this helpful, you know, I'm happy to set up a one-to-one complimentary conversation and I can give you some tips based on your own situation. There's your one-to-one conversation. There's a form that I hand out at the end that collects information, asks people, check the box if you want a complimentary session, that kind of thing. And then at the end, if you've paid for your venue, like I did mine, I paid about 75 bucks for this educational center back when I did my first meetup. So at the end, I just handed out a give back basket and said, so, you know, this is a donation for this particular educational center. It's totally up to you, but, you know, I'll hand out a basket. If you'd like to make a donation to them to support their mission, that would be great. And that often and always for me cover the fee if you are paying for a space. Okay, interesting. And so so let me see, there's a couple things I want to zoom in here kind of briefly. We'll see how deep we go. Anything in particular on that form that you're asking for when you hand it out, besides obviously the checkbox, if you want a, you know, a complimentary call or like a one-on-one consultation or something like that, complimentary. And any, any other information that you want on that form that you want to collect? Yeah, so let's see. It's name, um, mailing address, if that's available. Okay, phone number, email. I have clients who actually ask for cell phone and ask if they can do it, you know, contact them via text. Then it's checking off the boxes for a one-to-one. I know of somebody else, you know, who want another organization who would love to have you talk about this topic. I know someone, this would be another box. I know someone who I can refer to you, that kind of thing. 
And with that, I guess, do people actually fill that piece out? Like I want to, uh, from, from an event like this, like oh, I'd refer this person or something like this, or, or this, have you ever received, like gotten any feedback on those, the speaking one or the referral one in particular? Yeah, I have gotten referrals from those. And, you know, they didn't give the actual person's name or the organization, but, you know, I would follow up afterwards just to reconnect with them and then they would make the referral from there. Got it. And so you're going through a system, basically. You're going through your system, your step-by-step process, kind of in a maybe, I don't know, maybe an abridged version of it, so to speak, in your workshop or a zoomed-in version. Uh, maybe highlight, you know, some, so maybe the, the initial steps or something like that of your process versus, say, the full process. Is that about right? Am I understanding that right? For people to kind of like think about this, like if they have a, a process they go through with their clients, they could abridge it or they could zoom in on like, you know, the intro piece or the foundational pieces for a workshop like this. Yeah. So this, if I'm answering your question correctly, this yeah. is kind of a, this is a broad view of the strategy and yeah. I've given some details, but there's definitely some back end stuff. Like, and I'll just mention one as long, yeah. as, as long as we're there. So the best way to have this strategy work is to have multiple meetup groups, three to five, uh, all mm-hmm. driving to the same event. So that's a tidbit for you. But there's lots of little things like that, right? I mean, we all have, right? Like, Why is that, would you say? I'm just curious on that one. Yeah, I definitely could see there's like a lot of elements to this, but I'm curious on that one. Why does that work well for, for this strategy? It's just a numbers thing, right? So each of your meetup groups, and by the way, you know, if people, that overwhelms people, just start with one, okay, right? Like you can still get the power of meetup and there'll be fewer people at your workshops, but you can build from there. So you might have a group, like I started out with Life Purpose, okay? So I had a group called Life Purpose Seekers. I had another one called Heart Centered Entrepreneurs. I had another one called, you know, Thriving Life Coaches, right? Those would be an example. So you can basically break up your avatar, if you will, or your ideal client profile into different buckets and each bucket can be a different group but you're driving them all to the same meetings one meeting three to five groups so you're just doing your one or two workshops a month if you want and meetup is doing the heavy lifting so instead of just one email it's five emails and all those people are going to get driven to that same workshop okay got it that makes sense and so when you run this too, you're, you're putting these together. How, how much, how time intensive is this to get, uh, to maintain, say like the meetup group itself, like everything say, not necessarily on the, like I running the campaign didn't seem that complex. And obviously there's going to be a certain amount of work putting that together, getting it out. But in terms of like, is this a new commitment that somebody has to bite off? And it's like, Oh, now I need to be like posting on social media every day, uh, or in meetup group, I need to do certain updates within that. Like what are the secondary and third order consequences of going down uh, this path in terms of time commitment and effort to, to use it as a consistent lead gen for what you do? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So to, to set up the whole thing, you know, might take you to set up your first group might take you, I don't know, two, three hours maximum. And, and then you, you know, when you add your additional groups, obviously you've done it once already. So you might get all your groups plugged in, you know, within let's say two to three hours. And then once you've got your groups live, you know, you're looking for new members, you're greeting them, that kind of thing. It's different than a Facebook group. People kind of like, when I say, especially when we talk about multiple groups, it, they just kind of go like, you know, they get a little overwhelmed because they're thinking meetup group. Is that like a Facebook group? 
And Facebook groups do require a lot of, you know, kind of care and feeding, right? Like there's a lot of interaction going on. You're posting in there a lot. Meetup is very different. You're welcoming people when they come, you know, you're answering questions when they come up. But I used to, so Tom, you know, I had those great results from my first meetup. So it's like, hey, this is going really well. This is a new strategy that I'm trying. It went really well the first time. You know what? I want to do them every week. And so I started doing them every week. And so even for the weekly meetups that I did, which are definitely not required, it's just I decided I really wanted to do more. I might spend maybe one or two hours a week. And that includes prepping the talk. Got it. So as far as the platform's concerned, though, it's not like we have to, there's not like there's going to be much additional effort to put into the groups we set up inside Meetup, like Meetup specifically, because you, you alluded to Facebook groups as an example. Like if I set up a Facebook group, it's almost like a, you know, an expectation that I'm going to be like in there posting like every day. In, inside a Meetup group online, that's not the same thing. It's more like, here's the update for when our next Meetup is. And that kind of is like effectively enough. That's right. Okay. Um, that's, that's simple enough. That's great. And then you usually lead them to a one-on-one call. Do you ever sell um, at the event itself or do you always go to one-on-one, get on the call and, and that's when you actually close any kind of sale? Yeah, I've always done a one-to-one. You know, you can on that sheet that I mentioned, you know, with the name, all the check boxes, you, if you want to, you can actually add, you know, programs on there. You can have like one of your check boxes be, yes, I want to sign up for, you know, this six month program or this, you know, evergreen program, whatever it is. And then you can leave a space in there for credit card information. What I will say is that Meetup, one of their guidelines is they don't want people selling stuff at the workshops. So I guess technically, and I haven't really had a conversation with people at Meetup about this, but looking at their guidelines, I think what they're trying to avoid is having business owners create a Meetup and have people show up and then just kind of get blasted, right? Like, you know, you got to buy this product or this service or whatever. So that's why I like the talk script, the give, the six steps or whatever it is. People walk away with great content. They have a chance to connect with you one-to-one after. And so that's what I teach. That's what I recommend. I think technically, going back to what I mentioned in the beginning, when I was first answering your question about this, about on the form and having the courses listed, you know, that probably technically would be kind of a violation of Meetup's guidelines. Got it. No, that's good to know. Well... Connie, I know we could obviously go down in more depth on this into this rabbit hole of meetup, not even rabbit hole, but just the strategy, like this effective strategy, because I know there's going to be a lot of piece of the puzzle that we haven't been able to zoom in on exactly. But I think there's a really good high level overview. And I'm, I'm really interested to potentially try this out myself or, or encourage other people who are listening to try it out and email me what your results are if you guys do try something like this out. But from here, where can people reach out to find you, connect with you, learn more about you, and maybe go deeper on this subject? Yeah, there's a couple of ways. The main thing is I actually do a Get Clients for Meetup free five-day online challenge every quarter. So four times a year. And you can go to getclientsformeetup.com. 
And if there's not one going on right at the time that you go, like right now, I'm having one April 2019. The next one will be in July, next quarter. So if you miss and you're in that window, you can get on the waiting list by going to getclientsfrommeetup.com. And you'll see on the landing page, there's a way to set up a one-to-one connection call with me if you don't want to wait. That's fantastic. Well, Connie, thank you so much for joining us and kind of sharing this strategy with us. I'm really hopeful that people explore this. I, I Like I said, I'm really curious about it. I always love doing these kind of experiments. Meetup's one of those things where I I think I, I messed with it a little bit maybe like a few years ago or five years ago or something like that. And I just, I never necessarily came back to it. I was kind of nomadic though. But now that I'm kind of in a physical spot, physical location, actually plan ahead, I think this is really compelling. So thank you so much for sharing your insights on In the Trenches. Thanks, Connie. Well, thank you, Tom. And good luck to everybody. Are you trying to grow your online business, but struggling to get new customers consistently and predictably? Are you tired of working nonstop only to see your income plateau? Are you ready to step off the hustle hamster wheel, as I call it, and step onto a path of predictable profit that you can scale as much or as little as you want? Don't worry, you're not alone. I've been there. When I first got started, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I started reading blogs and listening to podcasts by people I respected and wanted to learn from. I slowly but surely put their recommendations into practice. But because I wanted to do it all myself, maybe you, you're something like that, right? And you love to do, do it by yourself, learn through trial and error. Well, bottom line is it took forever. Results were unpredictable when I was first getting started. I wasn't sure where to spend my time, money, and energy. And shiny penny syndrome got the best of me on more than one occasion. For many entrepreneurs, the amount I sacrificed, working literally nonstop in some cases in my spare time, and 12 and 14 hour days routinely after going full-time, combined with the endless fog of war, aka that uncertainty that I had to deal with at all times because I was going it alone. I think that would have been enough for most entrepreneurs to throw in the towel. But I was persistent, focused, and I stayed humble. Day after day, I worked to grow the traffic to my website, increase my list of subscribers, and generate a healthy living for my eBooks, eCourses, and other digital products. At least that was the goal. But maybe more important than the work, was that I paid attention to what I was doing, including what worked and what didn't. Eventually, I discovered a predictable pattern of growth. And so what I did was I just doubled down on those things, and I scrapped or sidelined the other things that weren't working so well. Finally, two years after resigning my commission as a captain in the army and going full-time on my online business front with my blog, with my podcast, etc., I replaced my income with digital product income. Two years. And so if that's where it stopped, I would have been happy with it. I would have been happy with the results. I wouldn't have complained. I would have been very content just replacing my income. But the bottom line is it was so much work. I wanted to you know, see if it could go somewhere else, right? So I just kept doing what I was doing, but better, faster, and more effectively. Again, just kind of applying the same system that I discovered uh, from seeing these patterns emerge, right? So I implemented it. I kept doing it. And eventually replacing my income turned into doubling my income. And then that turned into a little bit more and a little bit more. But not just that, it afforded me the freedom to dictate my day and also choose the projects I want to work on, on the schedule and on the timeline I want, and to work with the people I want to work with. And to me, that's like a whole new level of freedom, especially coming from the military. It's something I've never really had that level of complete autonomy until I became my own boss. I started my own business and until ultimately, until it became profitable enough for me to start to take a step back and actually reap the rewards of it. Because it's not all just working, working, working. And I do believe it's hard work. And I'll always say that nothing about doing this stuff is easy. 
But at the same time, you've got to reap the rewards at some point and take some of that profit, uh, even if you're just reinvesting it into new assets and things like that. Bottom line is, it can't just be work, right? Entrepreneurship and business is about that result that occurs, the value you've created and the profit, that, that piece of value that you've captured, okay? And you want to be able to reap the rewards of that profit, of that value, that little sliver of value that you get to capture, that you get to net, right? You want to be able to take advantage of that. Otherwise, you know, the entrepreneurship game really does become just a grind. And, and for, I think, a lot of entrepreneurs, unfortunately, it becomes meaningless, and that's when they quit. Well, for me, I love this stuff. I really, truly do. I mean, it is my thing. And so that's why I didn't just stop where I was at. I've stayed committed to learning everything I can about all aspects of this online business world and this online marketing world. And I do this through real world application. In other words, I'm currently growing several online businesses and I'm always putting my ideas to the test in real time with my own money, with my own time and energy, oftentimes with employees, you know, a lot of some, some stuff more advanced, some stuff more simple, but you know, so varying levels of complexity and again, in different spaces, different niches. And I can say, you know, bottom line, I've always loved the startup hustle, but I got to say, it's nice to now be in a position where I can get big results with much less effort, thanks to having built the foundation of my business the right way. And again, I did it all through trial and error, but I don't think that that's the way that everyone needs to do it. And in fact, looking back on it, if I had to redo it, I don't know if I would. It was so difficult to just go it alone and try to figure everything out by myself. So one of the things I've tried to do is give back with this podcast, with my blog, and with my newsletter. But maybe even more rewarding than any of this stuff, while I've enjoyed all of it, I think the thing that I'm enjoying the most, that I find most engaging and rewarding, is the premium business mastermind and coaching program I run called 100K Academy. Inside 100K Academy, I help ambitious entrepreneurs who are very driven and excited to be doing what they're doing. I help them grow their reach, their influence, and their profit using my proprietary marketing system. That's the same one I use to scale my own online businesses from zero to multiple six figures and beyond, and the same system I use to help my clients reach the New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller list, set Kickstarter funding records, and create viral product launches that have turned into predictable revenue streams. So lots and lots of case studies that you can find at tommorcus.com. If you're curious, just go to tommorcus.com slash about, and that'll get you started. Most importantly, this system is one that 100K Academy members and alumni have used to achieve tremendous results, like Alexa, who used it to have her most profitable year ever, or Tina, who used it to make five figures from a sales funnel that she can now replicate and scale, and that's exactly what she's doing, or Carrie, who made over $75,000 in just seven days. And the crazy part about his story was that his online business was actually a side hustle up until that first profitable launch, which he has then been able to grow and scale. And he subsequently quit his job following that very successful week. And I think that that has been just a game changer for Carrie and the life he's living and the work he gets to do and the impact he gets to make on the world because of the great work he's doing now, because he was able to figure out a system that would get him the targeted traffic, the subscribers, the sales to grow a profitable online business. Bottom line, if you want to grow your online business from six to seven figures, but you flatlined or you're struggling, or you just want to be told what to do and when to do it and in what order, right? And you want a system that is predictable and scalable and isn't just you know another shiny penny, but actually will fit right into your business. It plugs in and is something that you can truly grow. I want you to go to tommorcus.com slash academy. That's tommorcus.com slash academy. Academy is spelled A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. Go to tommorcus.com slash academy 
and you'll find a page on my website with more details about 100K Academy, the business mastermind coaching program I run, as well as instructions on what to do next. Again, that's tomworkis.com slash academy. And if you're serious about growing your reach, influence, and profit, just follow the instructions and we'll be in touch, okay? Again, tomworkis.com slash academy. Go ahead and head over there now. That's it for today. Stay frosty.